Hello everybody, this is Paul Miller, and you're listening to the Tuna Town Talks podcast, located in Venice, Louisiana, the fishing capital of the world. Hello everybody, it's Captain Paul Miller here, um, another episode of Tuna Town Talks, and today I'm really excited about this episode, I got Captain Ronnie Grenier down here in uh, Venice, Louisiana, I can't, I've been wanting to get you on here Ever since I had uh, Jimmy Gringo on, and he talked so highly of you. <laughs> I guess that's one of your good buddies, huh? Yeah, yeah. I've been knowing Jimmy quite a while. He used to deckhand for me and stuff like that. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Didn't realize Many that. moons ago, yeah, <laughs> on T.G. Solomon's boat. Wow, wow. Yeah. So um, just to, before we get started, Ronnie, um, first tell everybody uh, how they can get in touch with you in case they want to book a trip with you. If that's okay with you. Yeah, that's uh, Mississippi Delta Guard Service, uh, and the number is 504-430-2845. My wife dubs all the bookings. That's her number. Cool. And, but cool. And so, um, and then now we're gonna keep on going with it. But um, how how long how long you been doing this, Ronnie? And how old are you? Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been doing it full time, thirty nine years. 39 years. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 27 years old. (laughs) (laughs) No, 72. 72. And, guys, he still is on it every day just like the rest of us. It's it's pretty awesome to see. It's pretty cool. I hope that I'm still doing it at your age. (laughs) No, you don't. Wow. So, um, how'd, how'd you first get started into fishing? What what was whenever you were a kid or what? Well, yeah, I, I used to go with my dad and friends of my dad and all that kind of stuff. And every chance I had, I was either hunting or fishing. You know, every 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 second I had, I'd, I'd be hunting or fishing. Really? <laughs> yeah, I don't care if it was in a ditch or, or what it was, but I was I, I was in the woods on water some kind of way. <laughs> So whenever you, um, so what, what was like your first job then? It was it wasn't fishing, was it? No, I worked at the shipyard for a while. I was I ran heavy equipment at the shipyard for a while, but still yet I was fishing. And the thing about it was is that I was good enough at what I did at work that I took off pretty much when I wanted, and I went fishing. And at the time, I had a commercial rod and reel license, right. which you could buy back then. Pretty easy, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'd go, you know, I'd catch trout and and not so much redfish. It wasn't, there was never very much of a market for redfish until old Paul Perdome come up with the black and redfish deal, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, mostly trout. They wanted trout, huh? And that's yeah. I sold a lot of fish to a lot of these restaurants in New Orleans, Antoine's, and a, a bunch of them up, you know, up in New Orleans. And uh, then, of course, this, the docks uh, here in Buris and down in Venice. And uh, you know, the thing was is that I started selling them because yeah, I wanted a new rod. I go catch back a crop, sell them, and buy a new rod. Yeah, and a lot of times you're catching more than you know what to do yeah, with, right? Yeah. So it's kind of nice. You go yeah, out, have yeah. some fun, and, and make a little bit of money. <laughs> and I got where I was making a lot of money. Yeah. You know, catch them, yeah. 
uh, we caught, uh, you know, I mean, I would take off of work. I, I'd, I'd had my, my, my rigor. I'd call him and <laughs> he knew what I was talking about. I said, I know you want me to call Miss Ronnie. He, that's what he called my wife. <laughs> so he called, he, he'd call my wife. My wife would call him work. I'd take off and I'd come down here and go fishing and catch three or 400 pounds of speckle trout and sell them. <laughs> you know? what? Wow. Wow. Yeah. How long did you do that before you started, like, uh, oh, doing it full-time? Did you, like, ever switch from quit the shipyard and just fish? Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I did. You know, I did that, and uh, I just got tired of working with somebody else. Right, you wanted to work for yourself. Yeah, so, uh, you know, my wife could tell you that uh, I, I, was up in the, I was up in a crane one day, and I said, that's it, climb down, guys ball said where you going i just quit said here's everything i quit i got home wife says well what you gonna do fish the rest <laughs> is history that's what you did <laughs> that's huh? what i did <laughs> and it's what year was that where you quit when you quit <clears throat> when i quit it was uh 83 and 83 yep and from then you was fishing huh? that's it <laughs> yep uh it 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 was uh it kind of it started off really. I was fishing back at Bures, and that's how I come up with the God and stuff. You know, what I mean, I'm, there wasn't nobody God. There was nobody. There was nobody. Nobody. I'm talking about nobody. I mean, yeah. From I, for for those that don't know this, from <coughs> what I've heard, you, <coughs> you, uh, Mike Fernet, you know, Mike Fernet come about the same time I did. About in well, the same yeah. same years, well, same couple years. Well, no, uh, he come. Yeah, you know, I was doing it before Venice Marina opened. Right. You know, I, how it happened? I had a guy. We was fishing back at Buris, and we was kind of fishing the same little hole. And I'm throwing in, they throwing in, and I'm catching fish, and they're not. And one of the guys said, "Man, can you take me fishing?" I said, "Well, yeah." He says. When you pick up, he said, they got a pickup truck up there with a Missouri license plate on it. He said, leave your name and number up there. So I did, and really never thought much, nothing much about it. And then about two weeks later, he calls me. I took him and one of his buddies fishing, and it just kind of went. It just went from there. just kind of went from there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I seen where, you know, at that time there, I was, I was charging $125 a day. Really? Yeah, <laughs> and making money. Making money. Yeah, well, and I seen great. where I could do it full time, and like I said, that's that's when I quit. That's mm. when I started. You know. Wow. And I bet that was pretty hard to uh, like get people down here. I bet the business is so much different. Huh? You know, it well, it when I first started doing it, the thing was probably the first five years, it was uh, bass fishing. Really? Ninety-eight percent bass fishing. Yes. People wanted to go bass. Oh yeah. Fishing. Well, I mean, down here was it, it, it was totally unbelievable. How good it, it was. How yeah. good it was. Yeah. I mean, it was nothing for two or three guys to catch one hundred and fifty bass in a day. Wow. You know, I mean, and the fish. They were. I mean, you had a few four-pound fish and mm -hmm. occasional five-pound fish and stuff like that, but they averaged. 
probably at two pounds. I mean, it's like they were cookie cutters. I mean, and you could catch, a, like I said, 100, 150 of them. Wow. You wow. know? And I guess there was already like a market there of people that wanted the bass. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, was that just was people. What people wanted yeah, there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what. That's that was the thing, and would change it over. Believe it or not, made a change over to the speckled trout and redfish. Was they changed the limit on a bass? It used to, it was fifteen, and then when they dropped it down to ten, people started going. Wanting to catch redfish and wanting to catch trout. Because you could keep more of them. Because you could keep more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how, I, that's how I, it went from there. Hmm. I guess that's why people come here, right? They, they come yeah, here. I think this is the only place that you could see what someone would pull up in a in a van loaded with ice chests. You know, yeah. <laughs> deep a freezer, deep freezer, and a generator. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, that's the only place. It's, it's the only place I know of that they do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. They don't go to Florida when they go fishing. No. <laughs> they don't pull up with all they that. Doggone, Joe, don't go to Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So, um, you guys started doing the bass fishing, and you you always did the inshore. Or did you do offshore as well? Uh, I never. I I ran a bigger boat. That's where you know Jimmy Jimmy kind of come in. I ran a I ran a bigger boat for. <laughs> And how that happened, I'm gonna tell you how that happened. Uh, I was guiding, I was guiding in, inside when we started with the trout and all that stuff. And T.G. Solomon, uh, I don't know if you know any of the family, any of them from New Orleans. He's the one who's got the Solomon, you know, uh, theater. Yeah. In yeah. in the uh, World War II museum and all that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, he was a big. Uh, he owned a bunch of movie theaters you know, in five states, right. and he had just had sold them. And him and a partner of his had bought this 53 Hatteras. And I had a good friend of mine that was running the boat. And I, I, I actually ran a brand-new 53 Hatteras for a guy in uh, Lafitte, a guy by the name of Frank E. Maud. And then... I quit that I and and I started with the you know with the with this, this with the inside guy. yeah and then uh so then I met TG and TG says uh no his his partner his, my partner says he was running the boat for TG and he says TG why don't you go fishing with Ronnie couldn't they couldn't get out with the big boats and why don't you go fish with Ronnie. He said, oh, well, you think we go – I said, I'll tell you what. If we don't catch our limit, you don't owe me nothing. You know? <laughs> and it was the evening. It was 3 o'clock in the evening. Right. <laughs> I said, we don't, we don't catch our limit before dark. You don't owe me nothing. <laughs> so, okay, so we went and, of course, we caught him. <laughs> and, uh, and then he, he had – my partner quit running his boat. So – I started kind of taking care and running his. He would, he would not go out in that boat without me. <laughs> you know, I was still, I was still doing my, you know, inside thing. And when he wanted to go out, I would take him on his boat. On his boat, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, but uh, so yeah, I, I did the offshore, and then also me and Mike Finette. When Mike Finette uh, come down there, and he's running offshore and all, and 
we'd trade trips. You know, he yeah, would take he my would trip. You no, he would it. he would he would take my trip and I'd take his trip. <laughs> you know, he he'd come go inshore and I'd go offshore. You know, we'd do that a couple of days. You know, he and oh, I. just so y'all could change. Yeah, it up. just just break the monotony of things. You know, just yeah. break things up. You know, have yeah. fun with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that was great. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> it really was. That's really cool. Yeah. How long? How like when was it that it started getting real busy? I mean, like into the two thousands or. Yeah, it was probably about that. You see, I, I, I did a lot of the doggone, uh, some TV shows, and I'd been in every major magazine in the country. Back Is that then. where you, back then? That's how you guys wanted to start promoting the place, so you yeah, guys could right, get booked year right, round and stuff, yeah, right? Right, right. And Dave Bally had a big thing to do with that, you know. You know, as far as that was the get owner of the owner marina, of the marina, yeah, the he, original, right? Right, and. He and I went to school together and all that stuff, and he's the one that kind of was promoting us along with the marina and all that stuff and all. And we had all these outdoor writers from all over the country and all that stuff uh, coming down to fishing with us. Yeah, yeah. And there was back then, I mean, like now it seems like everybody gets a boat and, you know, so many charter captains now. It probably wasn't as easy back then, right? I mean, you guys had to have had like a pretty tight hold on on all the all the people wanting to go fishing right yeah yeah i mean we i mean yeah i could i booked what i wanted right you know? right right you know uh it, it was yeah and uh there wasn't there wasn't nobody like I said there was nobody doing it you know there was nobody doing it and i tell people this all the time when i for instance like i used i could run down to pass the and all that stuff and fish all around there i could do that for six months and i'd see another fishing boat that's so crazy yeah i mean you'd see an occasional gill netter mm-hmm. or cat fisherman but yeah. how often would you go down there would you go down there all oh, the time all the time really you know, oh yeah and what you got to remember too i just tell people that they said oh man you got me lost i said no this ain't nothing the way it used to be i mean <laughs> You got to realize you didn't have no GPSs and all that other stuff back that's then. That's so crazy. How did y'all like learn the marsh? You just go yeah, just, and just itch yeah, out. That's it. And I just... spent, I, I paid my dues in lower units and all down there. <laughs> Believe me. <laughs> yes. Well, and, and what, I mean, that's got to be crazy. To me, it's crazy just thinking about it because, like, you know, I was born in 1995. And when I, when I was growing up, the dependability of the outboard engine now is so much better than what it used oh, to yeah. be i mean you guys you had, had to, to make be, sure your stuff was good you had, yeah. to, you had to keep i mean up you had to be make sure too like people were on the yeah. radios and well, stuff i mean yeah or, or well, you had did you have a radio you never had a radio never had a radio what, would you guys tell the like the only thing i was t- told from when i leave you tell your wife or i whatever? tell my wife or i tell you know at the marina or, or one of my partners i had a couple guys even even when after i first started i had a couple guys working for me uh, and uh, so we'd keep in touch with one another. I said, "Look, I'm going here," you yeah. know. And so, yeah. So in case in case you don't come back, they know where well, to come. Well, the thing is, you. is that which, you, like I said, you got to realize there was no GPS. You, what you go tell them where to go? Right. Exactly. That's just that's so crazy. You to know, think about. I to mean, me. you know, where to go? <laughs> you know, they knew where to come find me. <laughs> um, my wife, you know knew where to come find me or 
the guy at the marina would know where to come find me, but for me to tell you where to come find me, no. Yeah, <laughs> you wouldn't know where to no. go. <laughs> yeah, no. you're not going to find no. him. <laughs> no. Was there? Do you have any stories of you being stuck out there overnight or anything like that? I've never been stuck out there overnight. <laughs> I have, I have, I have <laughs> torn up lower units and all and had to wait several hours for somebody to come and get me. I got on mud flats and waited for somebody to come I'm and get me. just trying to think. Well, I mean, what, what would you do? You're out there, you break down, you ain't got no radio. You just wait until somebody realizes you didn't come back? Pretty, pretty much. much. <laughs> pretty much. I'll try and make it in towards the river and hope you can you can flag down one of these yeah. crew boats or something you know i mean the way i think about it too is i mean just for the listeners to kind of understand it's like venice whenever you exit out of venice marina there is about a hundred different ways you can turn <laughs> well yeah, but you <laughs> see and you see back then back then too it, it, it's unbelievable how much it has changed you know back then you had so much more area Marsh, yeah. marsh, places to fish. You had so many more buyers. You had so many more cuts. You had so many more ponds and all this other stuff. So it was really tough trying to, <laughs> yeah, yeah, get get to where you're yeah, going. And, yeah, I mean, you we know, got a colored GPS map showing us exactly where we're at and where we're going. Yeah, you <laughs> got your little line going there. <laughs> it's so easy. Yeah, it is. It's so <laughs> easy now. Yeah, yeah. Well, you see, I, I I tell people that's two things that opened up Venice. Two things that opened up Venice was that GPS and his bay boats. Because, see, back then, when I first started doing it. Yeah, what kind it, of boat were you in? Bass boat. Oh, a bass, bass cat. Boat. Yeah. 18-foot oh. bass cat. Oh, that's a that's a big difference. And that, I'll do, that's what we speckled trout fishing in, red fishing in, all that stuff, until they come out with the bay boat. Uh, I'm trying to think who. who Cajun had made a bay boat. Uh, Pro-line, Pro I think it was, made a bay boat now. But the thing was is that to run down that river and run around a little bit and run back, you had to have a little bit of gas. Yeah, you had to. And yeah. it wasn't, there wasn't many boats that could carry that much. That's right. That's that were right. like 24 foot. Right. right, yeah. And so when they come out with that bay boat where these songs are holding 60 and 80 gallons of gas and people could run around and all that stuff, and then they come out with the GPS and all that stuff. That that's what opened it all up. Yeah, you know. I mean, that's what I've always said. Just from growing up, like, you know, I grew up in a skiff, and it it just seems like now everything used to be just out of range. But now it seems like nothing's out yeah, of range. No, like you can, like if you're not catching fishes, nothing to get up and burn down ten miles. You know what I mean? Ten miles, burn thirty miles. <laughs> thirty miles, yeah. Yeah, I've seen. I've seen. I've seen I see people do that. I don't do that a lot, but I mean, I've seen. You know, I will. I won't think twice about running ten miles. I really won't. You know what I oh, mean? Yeah. If it's no. if I'm not finding no. fish or whatever, right. I'll get up I, and go. I've seen. I almost did it today, but I've seen leave from right here, Empire. Mm-hmm. You know, fishing uh, the marsh around Empire and all, and leave and run to Blind Bay. <laughs> that's a that. long way. Oh, yeah, that's a long way. That's yeah, a long and, way. And that's the kind of stuff you would have never been able to do back then. Yeah. You know, uh, because, I mean, it, 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 it wasn't capable of doing it. Right, you right, know? right. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, 
it, it's 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 crazy on how much that it has changed. You know, it, it's people ask me all the time says, "How's the fishing now compared to what it was back then?" And I tell them, "It's not a tenth of what it used to be. It's still better than most places." <laughs> But it's not a tenth of what it used to be. Do, do you think that that it that's because the loss of habitat or more of the overfishing? I mean, I'm I'm sure a little bit of it is both. But what what do you think it's more of? Loss of habitat. You think so? Oh yeah, because way I, more than the overfishing. I think so because uh, I have seen you, you know it, it's it used to be the largest estuary system in in a country. Yeah. And it's, I mean, you would have to see how much, it, you, you know, there was no way for me to explain how much that it has changed. See, in the last 30, 40 years, there's, it, it's unbelievable. It, I mean, it's totally unbelievable. And you, everything, it, with all those canes and all, everything starts there. Your shrimp, your crabs, your fish, you know, everything, yeah. you know, you that's where it starts. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I, I I will attest and say, you know, I've been, I've been doing uh, inshore since 2018, just four small years, and there's spots that are no not like not not just not there anymore, but like not there at all, like yeah. gone, like exactly. in just in four years, and yes. you're talking about 40 years. Yes, 40 I mean, years I could ago. I could this is I could sit to here, think about. I could sit here and explain things to you how much it has changed, and you would never believe it. Yeah. You know. I mean, I know spots after that last hurricane that was like, you know, fifty to hundred yards of marsh, you know, gone, just, just, oh, just yeah. gone. Like, yeah, it's wild. I've watched, I've watched islands out in, uh, Bezinzin and stuff like that. I've watched them songs go away in one summer. Yeah, you know, <laughs> island that's, uh, three hundred yards long. 50 yards wide, one summer gone. That's so crazy. Stuff like that. That's so crazy. Yeah, it's it, it's it's just unbelievable. But like I said, it's probably still the best fishery right. that, that they got going. But you know, one interesting thing that I think about all the time, just because you know I, I'm young, I think that like you know. There, there's still a lot of fish here, and there's a lot that can be done to make the fishery better. And what do you think that there's any way that we could bring back certain types of the habitat to like make this place no. what it used to be or better than what it is now? No, too little, too late. You think they're so? trying to they're trying to dredge over. I don't <laughs> understand if they would they would focus their uh, on, on different things. They're filling in. The back end of Yellow Cotton Bay. What good is that gonna do? You know, right now they 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 dredging from the river. And they're filling in the back end of Yellow Cotton. What good is that gonna do? Put it in the marsh somewhere where that, down that river, you right. know, it, where it's gonna do some good. All, all this dredging and all that stuff. The worst thing they ever did was put a levee up on that river. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because it, it it would it would. When did they do that? Do oh. Know? I don't remember the exact date, but you, it was after the, I think it was the 29 flood. Uh, that's where. Uh, 1929? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to, let's see, what's the name of that book? 
The Rising Tide. Rising Tide. I need to read that. You need to read that. If you yeah. if you want to know about this Delta, that's what you need to read. I've been told that before. Yeah, I, don't know. I need to do my due diligence. And it talks that. all about uh, poet, you know, poet Eads. Um, Eads, he was uh, with the um, Corps engineer, and he's the one that kind of did all this stuff with that, with this levee and all that stuff, uh, putting the levee up in that up in that river to help channelize that river and all. Well, that's fine and dandy, but. It's all about uh, the money, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's all about the money. That's crazy to think about those. They could have just made this big port, you know, right over here in Mississippi or over the side and let the river just be natural. Yeah. I wonder how, you know, the I mean, I've seen the fishery them. would be. I've seen them in Maine Pass. I know you fish Maine Pass. Mm-hmm. You see those couple cuts they got on Maine Pass on the left-hand side? Mm-hmm. I remember when they, they put those cuts in there okay it was about as wide as that little you know probably wide as a boat that was it those cuts there and it was more it was it, it was part of the pond and you see how much it's built up on its own you know yeah same thing would it, it would have did on its own if it, if the river they wouldn't have put those levers up in that river you know i mean they 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 just they build itself up you know it's but they're stopping the, the the natural flow of the river, yeah. And and that and as far as I, I don't think I don't think they can do not, not too little too late. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess what I mean is like if you know Southwest Pass rocks, you know, hold a lot of fish. People fish there a lot. It's a very famous spot. Yeah. Like if they put a big jetty pile and blind bay or something like that like i know it's not going to be what it used to be but that would hold fish right a big giant yeah, rock top pile yeah, it, in blind yeah, bay. i'm sure it would <laughs> they used to have they used to have a big old rock pile right in blind bay did they yeah it's they probably had, sinks though huh? no what happened they had a they had, there was a uh, a lighthouse just like the one off of southwest pass that seemed that, that yeah they have the lighthouse over there still yeah yeah no there was one in Blind Bay. Oh, in Blind Bay, not yes. over in Aleutia. No. Oh, okay. There was one in Blind Bay, a wow. brick lighthouse like the one they got off of Southwest Pass. Really? Yes, and uh, I don't remember what hurricane it was. I think it might have been George. Hurricane George? I think it was that uh, that knocked it down, mm. and they had a big I bet that was some pot. good fishing there. It was, huh? until the... <laughs> Until they removed it, why? I have no idea. Right, right. You know, but they removed it. They're just like with these platforms out here. Why? Yeah, yeah. I tell you what, I, I, I could have, I could have, almost cried when, like, this, say it would be uh, August, September, and you know, one, one year. And Sandy Point and Green Monster was still there, a couple of other ones, and it still probably was about, no, 12, 15 smaller rigs, satellite rigs out there. And then come back in April, and it was nothing but open water. Nothing but open water? Nothing but open They t- pulled everything out, everything, all of the platforms. The Green Monster, 
Yeah, that I, I remember that as well. It's that was definitely like some. I still look at them on the chart and being like, man, I wish that was. Oh, that still was still right it, there. <laughs> it was unbelievable. In April, there, I, I, I remember it like it was yesterday. In April, you could go there, and it there might be thirty boats tied up to the Green Monster, and everybody using cockahoe minnows, live cockahoes, and catching a wax out of them trout, man. You know, and it just it. it but that's what I mean. It's like, so like, you know, th those rigs were put out there by us, by people, yeah. right? I don't know so why. why. Like, I, what I mean is is if if we had, I mean, there's a lot of money in fishing now. Like, oh, yeah. it, way more than what makes sense to me at this point. Right. I mean, there's so many people spending so much money on fishing, and there's so much money that gets allocated, like, with fishing licenses and everything. Like, not only should we keep those rigs out there, we should build more just for exactly. fish. <laughs> exactly. I mean, See, like off of Alabama, my my son's uh, well, he runs a, he runs a private boat now. Really? Uh, Who's your son? Little Ronnie. Little Ronnie. Yeah. Okay. And he's running a '65 Hatteras private boat out of there. He ran a. a What's the name of it? Mitchell something. Uh, it's the guy's name. Oh, you know? okay. But uh, they just caught a doggone swordfish. That was the first one they caught uh, day before yesterday. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's cool. But anyway, uh, Alabama, we think we got snap over here. No. They got snap over there because they got so many reefs and all that the state and all puts down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. People put down and all that kind of stuff. There is, there is a ton of there is a ton of effort that I, you know I don't feel like I give people enough credit because I mean my dad was involved in the artificial reef program my entire childhood the the, the Mississippi Gulf Fishing Banks is what it was called and like Alabama and Florida you see more there's definitely is more and more effort but I think the big difference with what we have here in Louisiana and the, what the rigs have is top-to-bottom structure. Yes. You, like, they're not going to have the amount of mangrove snappers, cobias, right. triple tails. Right. Uh, even trout. I think trout need oh, the yeah. height. They need that oh, height, yeah. you know, oh, more, yeah. more than a lot of other fish, yeah. too. Because a lot of times the, the water quality isn't that good on the bottom or it might not be good on the top either. But those but in fish, between, they, the in between, they can find yeah. where they want to hang, and right. it, it'll allow them to stay there for a long time. And the easier it is for them to stay in one spot, like if they're holding that, on rocks and there's silt that comes over the rocks, that and those 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 big it. pilings on those rigs and all that breaks that current when yeah. the fish get on the backside, you know, and it's mm -hmm. kind of lay up in that current, and feed. it makes it easy for right. them. And, and pa fish will always take the path of least resistance. Oh yeah, oh and yeah, anything will. Yeah. And so that, you know, they, it, it almost seems to me like these oil rigs were just made to drill oil. They weren't made yeah. to attract fish. Right. I think if you made, you know, there's all different types of structures. All they had to do was just leave them some gun standing. That's all they had to do. That's all they had to do, man. <laughs> they had, uh, they had one place, uh, we call it the eight pilots. Actually, I called it the Frank Davis rig because I brought him out there one time do a tv show and i said look i told you right now do not show this rig or nothing around it you want to show the fish and all that stuff that's fine and dandy but don't show this rig and don't show nothing around 
and it had eight great big pylons around it, you know, mm-hmm. and it had a shell, you know, a big limestone bottom. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, we would catch the mess out of them big trout over there. It was off a of pass Lutra. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, it was unreal. But anyway, um, they come and they, they pull that song out. And you, 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 people said, well, you know, the, 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 the rocks and all still there. Yeah, but there's nothing, just like you was yeah, saying, there's nothing, there's nothing to break the current yeah. where they can, you know, them rocks, they ain't attracting nothing. They're good. They're good. They're just not as good. No, that's <laughs> right. They, they, them, them trout ain't going to stay there because of those rocks. Right, you right, know? right. They want something that I mean, like, them. what if you had, like, a big metal wall? You know what I mean? Like 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 a big like X like that, like sticking straight up. I bet those things would Yeah. There's all types of different things that they could do. I, to, I think the best thing them. they had and they could do is them is those platforms. Like you said, it wasn't intentional. Yeah. But it it was well, you know, I think the big thing is the the big reason why they can't leave them is because of the liability. And that and, right. and that's where it comes into. So I guess the really the step is is the law has to be changed. You know? Yeah, I mean, they, they have to find some type of loophole to let standing structures be there for fish. Because yeah. I mean, at this point, we need healthy yeah, food I sources. Mean, we do. I mean, we're running out of healthy. They put food buoys sources. out there and all that stuff. Yeah, you know. So why not leave the platforms, but make sure that they lit well and, and yeah. stuff like that, you know? And, the, and, they, and they are doing a lot. Like, a lot of the rigs do get, um, like, put back on the bottom. But just like we're saying, it's not the same thing. It's not the same. No. It's not the same. No. No. Man, so, like, tell me, uh, what what's, like, your biggest speckled trout? 10-2. 10-2, huh? Right. Wow. That's right. I bet you got so many over eight, huh? <laughs> oh, well, it, it is... I don't tell people a lot of time because they probably think I'm, I'm, I'm lying. <laughs> you know, one of the biggest things I never did that I wish I would have done, at you know, through all the times that I've been fishing, and that's take pictures. Take pictures. Yeah, really? I wish I'd have took a pictures of a tenth of the fish that I've caught. Yeah, I you see know? what you're saying. You just do it so much that it's like yeah, it's you know, it's you know. Who wants to, you know, okay, you go out there and you catch 100 trout, whatever. So you got to remember, too, there wasn't, no, there wasn't no limit on them. No limit on the trout? And then and then it went to 100 aggregate. What year was words, that? What did it went to like I, I don't even remember. But there was 100. Then it was it went to 100 aggregate. In other words, you could have 90, of anything. 99 trout and one redfish. Or vice versa, you know, stuff like that. But um, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's crazy. yeah. <laughs> but you know, it, it's, I, I, it, it's it's just it's just crazy. It's, Did you see back then? Do you think our bull red population is doing better than what it yeah. used to back then? Yeah, really. Yeah, was it like yeah. bull reds like hard to find. Yeah, not? yeah, yeah. You you're not. It's that the first the first article I ever had done on me was in Sports of Field, and this guy, Frank Davis, is the one that did it on me. And uh, it was for catching bull reds. The thing, the way we used to catch bull reds back then, way back when, we'd night fish them. Mm. We'd go out there, usually off a full-buyer pass, and we'd anchor out 
and fish with crab or cut mullet all night. Really? Yeah. I mean, that was that was the thing back then. Yeah. <laughs> cut mullet. Huh? Oh, yeah. And we and – we, we that's catch why I a lot see all the guys catch them on the piers. That's what they use, yeah. and mullet that, heads. Yep, yeah, and that's – that's what we used to do. We used to catch a lot of them. You really? Know? Oh, yeah. Yep. Wait, so, I mean, but that that's pretty cool to say that, like, do you think that's because of the mentality shift of the fishermen um, that we have more bull reds than yeah, what we used turned, to have? See, back then, <laughs> we kept them. We'd keep them and give them, <laughs> they were and good give as them away. Else. <laughs> well, we'd give them away and all that stuff, man. And everybody I knew, you know, that went fishing, they kept them too. But now... At least they realizing that that fish is worth money to them. Yeah. You know, these these bull reds now. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And so everybody turns them loose every now and then. Somebody will you know keep a couple of inches over whatever. Yeah. That's usually what I do. Yeah. It's like an inch over yeah. or something. Yeah. Whatever. But yeah. That's that's pretty cool though that the the mentality shift of the you know because like through history they say that that's happened a lot of different times like through hunting and different things like we have more big game in America than what we used to have yeah you know back fifty years ago and it's cool to hear like I've heard multiple guys from you know that've been doing this a lot longer than me say that you know our bull red population is so much better than what it used to oh, be yeah. and that kind of gives me hope you know what i mean that yeah. like maybe you know maybe we can do things to to ensure that we can keep this fishery around for a long time uh i, I tell you i think and you might agree with me on this i think one of our biggest problems is the pressure we're putting on these fish yeah the guide pressure the guide how many guides we have Oh my God! Yeah, <laughs> I don't even know. I'm a, go to show <laughs> so you. For, go guys. to show you. Go to show you. For instance, I'm sure you don't even remember this guy Bob Marshall. You remember Bob Marshall used to be a writer for the Times Picayune. Hmm. Anyway, uh, Bob used to fish with me quite often, and he would. You talk about big speckled trout. He was on. I called him up. I said, "Tomorrow's the day. You want to come? You better come on." <laughs> so. uh the day before, I caught probably, oh, I don't know, 30, 40 fish over 8 pounds. 30, 40 fish oh, yeah, over trout. 8 pounds. Yeah. So I told, I told Bob. And I still, I, I'm, I, I, I'm, I, I got dog. I had, uh, I, brought, I called him up and he came next day and we had 50 smart that we had that was over 7 and the big was a little over 9. Yeah. I Y'all mean, had 50 over 7. 50, I think it was like 53, 54, something like that. That was over 7. <laughs> yeah, in one day. What did you guys catch them on? Plastic. Plastic, all plastic. Yeah, huh? that's all these fish with. My, there my, probably wasn't too many options either, huh? No, not really. <laughs> but, you know, the thing was, it, it's crazy. It's crazy, but my biggest, my 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 biggest thing that I fished with was the strawberry cockahoe, the red cockahoe, strawberry with the little flakes in it. Really? And I caught more big fish on that song than. That's what you like. I like the I like the lures with the red flakes. I always I don't know what it is. I always and, say uh, get the one with the red flakes in it. But yeah, I mean that was that was my thing. That was the thing, and I caught a lot of big fish. 
he was there was a wreck. I, I don't even. I hadn't been down. I hadn't fished, tried fishing it in a couple of years, off Southwest Pass. Really, there a was wreck, a wreck, like there, one on the bottom. There was a shipwreck, right up against the rocks. Really, and on a little tide, part of the wreck would stick out the water, and you'd have. But the way you had to fish it to catch those big fish was get on the inside of it and fish in between the bulkheads. Mm. You know, but yeah, it, it that was that was the good old days. <laughs> I can imagine, man. That's crazy. I've never, I can't imagine that many big. You know, because it if you catch an eight pound trout, I mean, somebody caught an eight pound trout oh, yeah. today. It turns a bunch of heads. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I used, you know, I used to tell my guys too. I, I said, look, don't, 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 because you know when I when I would come in, you know, they'd come and look at. I said no. I said, take and go in the back, and unload, so, so everybody don't see, you know, what, yeah. what, what we, you know, what we got, you know. Right, right. And, I, and uh, I mean, that's what you had to do because I had people so, would come run up trying to find me. You. Yeah, they'll try and find. I you. mean, try wait till I leave the marina and try and follow me and all that stuff, you know. Yeah, you know that's crazy, you know. I agree with what you're saying with the pressure because I always think about it like, you know, whenever you were fishing back then, if, you know, you found fish, you know, in one spot, there wouldn't be a whole bunch of boats there. And if you didn't find fish, you could go somewhere that somebody else hadn't been fishing already. But now it's like if you go somewhere else, there's already been boats <laughs> and there yesterday, be, and there's going to be boats there when you exactly, get there tomorrow. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So it's like the fish never get a, a chance. They never to, get a break. They never get a break to, like, group up like they want to, you know. And when somebody and when somebody finds them. They tell six They people. tell yeah, and, and then and so they go in there, and they wonder why. I don't know why we didn't catch them the next day. What <laughs> 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 way well, you used to be able to, okay, I caught them here. I'm gonna leave that alone today, you know. Yeah. I'm gonna go fish over there, you know. And, yeah. And you go, and you leave that alone for a couple of days. You and know? you go back to and it. And you go and back it, to it. Yeah. You know, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> but you had so many options back then, you know. Yeah. So many, and now, with all of the people, with the loss of the habitat, and then when you, just like, like today with the winds, or yesterday with the winds, you you, you only could fish certain places and everybody gangs up in those certain little places you know and it's like we got less land more people right yeah exactly yeah exactly yeah and the land there's so much less land it doesn't allow like like i mean just in the short time that i've been fishing like pasalutra i mean you oh, know th- that place is so like it's so hit or miss because there's nothing that's protecting all that water and right. it's like the wind switches one time, and it's like, oh, that's it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> they yep. all gone now. <laughs> yep. Exactly. It's crazy. It really it's, it's definitely it's definitely changed. Yeah. Big time. I mean, I, I don't know. You know, I think they should have put a moratorium on how many guys they, they could head down here a long time ago. Yeah. And, you know. I've been doing this a long time, and I know a lot of the gods, and I tell you what, I pull up to that dock in the morning, and I don't know half of them. Yeah. You know? And it seems like. You don't know it, them, and they don't know you. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and the thing is is that, you know, uh, 
it, it's it's kids planning on making a living doing that, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm one of them. Well, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, but you've been in. Yeah, I mean, you've been doing all kind of stuff like that, you know, for a while. But yeah, I mean, you know, everybody finds their way a different way, and everybody like justifies what they're doing in their own head. You know what I mean? Right. And it's it's like I agree with you that you know maybe there should be a limit or something on the guides. I don't know, but I, I I do know that whenever you have a bunch of people that are doing something like, because the whole idea of conservation, like Mike Frenette always says, I've had him on the podcast, and he, you know he he believes in like promoting the sport because the more people that you have loving the water and wanting you know a better resource, that the more efforts will be done to to continue to protect it and and to conserve it you know what i mean i mean i mean hunting has done a, a very good example yeah. of that i mean yeah. these people you know that own all this land and they manage it in a way so that there's tons of animals on it and stuff yeah. i think i really do think that we could figure out a way to uh you know to bring some of those ideas but you're 100 percent right that uh that the what? pressure doesn't help anything no it, it's not it, it's it, it's not just the pressure is what i'm trying to say either it's so much loss of the habitat, yeah. And then you put the pressure on top of it, because if you had the land, uh, the marsh, all the stuff that I had when I started, no big deal. Yeah, it wouldn't be as big of a oh, deal. Oh no, it wouldn't be. It, it, no, indeed not. You know, but now you have lost so much of that habitat that, and then you put all these. Extra people that, like I was telling you, I was I was trying to tell you about Bob Marshall. Bob Marshall just prior to, I'm sure he, he didn't know that that Katrina was coming and under this, but just prior to Hurricane Katrina, uh, Bob used to fish with me, um, and he did a bunch of articles on me in dif- different magazines and all this other stuff. But Bob had did a uh, an article that was. Just prior to Katrina, so that was 2005. Ten years prior to that, that's 1995, there was 63 guides in Louisiana, okay, in the whole state. What year was that, 2000? No, that was 1995. 95, okay. In 2005, there was 630-some-odd. Right. You know, in just in ten years. I wonder what it is now. Oh, there's no telling. There's no telling. But see, that's that. You see, that's what I'm talking about. It's not. It's not just the pressure. It's the loss of so much habitat, and then you put the pressure on top of yeah. it. And, and and that's and that's why I think all of us as fishermen, as conservationists need to push for more habitat whether that's rigs being left there we have exactly. to push for that we got to push exactly. for more habitat what they're doing out there in Breton Island building the island back up I think that's great it might not be perfect it might not I mean I'm sure there's a lot of people that would say we need to do this we need to do that hey but we're building something back <laughs> yeah you're trying something <laughs> trying yeah. something you know trying what I mean? to do something yeah yeah exactly I mean, what else? <laughs> yeah. It's better than nothing, better than an alternative, you know? Right, right. They're spending a lot of money doing that, and then, they know, it. but, you know, I guess um, to keep moving along with this, we talked a lot about uh, the conservation and stuff already, but I wanted to, uh, what's your biggest bull red? 
I never did weigh him. I'll tell you what happened. I was in the bass boat. You got some over fifty inches, huh? Oh yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how long he was. Let me tell you something. I I had a guy from Portland, Oregon. Him and his son was in a bass boat, and went down to Southwest Pass. Pulled in there. I threw in there, and I hanged this song on first cast of the day. <laughs> anyway. First cast. First cast. Caught this song on. And I have never seen a, a, a redfish nowhere close to this big. I was standing up, and I was holding him in his gills right here. All the way at your chest. And he chest, was touching huh? the ground. Oh, yeah. And that song was that. He was 70-plus pounds. I would you know, I would have to. But I couldn't fit him in the live well in a bass boat. <laughs> you know, and I couldn't very well tell the guys, you know, look, I'm probably I'm pretty sure I might have a state record here. You know, <laughs> I mean, they're paying for me to take. So I turned him loose. Just let him go, huh? Yeah, just let him go. <laughs> so then we pull back in there. The guy throws that. He catches one of Oh, I had to guess 50 pounds or so. Uh, let turn, turn him loose. Pull back in there again, cause you had to run these songs down. But Southwest Pass, that current and all that, yeah, you yeah, had to yeah. you had to chase behind them. There was no rocks. Oh yeah, there was rocks. But uh, what I'm saying though, you had to, you know, them, you're using that light tackle. Right, them, right. You it, had to go, yeah, you yeah, had to go chase them down. The yeah. So uh, then, seventy pound fish. I'm yeah, sure. we <laughs> and we uh, we pull back in there for the third time, and the sun catches one. I guess about forty five pounds, and he says. Well, we come to do what we wanted. Let's go. Really? That was it, huh? They caught him. <laughs> I could be. You know, I, if I'd have known that, I'd at least stuck his head in the live well and, <laughs> and carried him back, you know. <laughs> but I couldn't very well ask the guy to, you know, to to, to, to let's go in. Right, right, know? right. But I had never seen one before or after that was close as big as that fish. Wow. I don't know how much he weighed, but I'm, if I had to guess, he was over 70. What's a what's a good trick to catching the real big ones? You know, you think there's like a like a using a bigger bait or for certain weather conditions or anything that makes it. We used to use, I think, they're using them great big curly tails. Bigger, know? bigger big, bait. Yeah, yeah, oh, definitely. I see the same thing with speckled trout. Years ago, when the speckled trout would get in those spillways, that's before anybody knew that there was speckled trout in the river. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, this boy that used to. I bet that was cool seeing that. Huh? Yeah, well, <laughs> it, it was unreal. I mean, people did not have a clue that there was a speckled trout that would come anywhere close to the river. Right, because they only do in the winter time. Yeah, so it was like a. And I found them really totally by accident. Uh, I was fishing with a guy, a friend of mine, and we were bass fishing right by Pilot Town. I'm throwing at a little pile of rocks. And I'm waxing the bass. Well, he's, I'm up along that wall, and he's throwing along that wall, and he catches a big old speckle trout. Uh, that, that was that was a mistake. Right. He throws that again, he catches another. Anyway, he did that for about six, seven times. There ain't no mistake no more. And this is when I'm selling them songs still yet, okay? <laughs> so I said, this ain't no mistake no more. So we caught probably a dozen. I said, well, let's go check some. So I went to the mouth of Raphael Pass, we caught him there. Went to the mouth of 
Brand Pass, we caught them there. Went to the mouth of Octave, we caught them there. Went to the mouth of Main Pass, we caught them there. <laughs> I said, man, we didn't hit the mother load. And they used to, there was a saltwater intrusion weir that went all the way across by Main Pass. Uh-huh. It went from 20-something foot up to, uh, I think it was around 12 foot, 8, 12 foot, okay? And uh, it was it was it was crazy good. What was it? What was it? Exactly? It was a saltwater intrusion weir. What they put that there was trying to stop or slow down the saltwater when the river goes down in the fall. To why wouldn't they want the salt water? Just because it would mess up stuff. I guess. Hmm. But that's what that's what they it would was. get right up. It next, was a, it they was would a, get right up next to it because all a, the salt water would yep. be right there. It was a rock pile. It was a rock pile that went all the way from. Uh, by the one side of Main Pass, across Main Pass, and all the way, all the way to Raphael Pass. Now you ain't gotta worry about that no more. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. It'd be kind of nice. <laughs> yeah, but it was, you know, it it was, it was good. It was good. Was did you did you guys ever do any triple tail fishing back in then? Oh yeah, it, uh, triple tail fishing was crazy back then. Really? Oh yeah, the rigs out of out of West Bay. Yeah. We, uh, we we never specifically went just to catch them. Yeah, people didn't really like want to go well, do that. Well, right? I mean, no, they pull up good and everything, you know. But I mean, but you could go in starting around about the second week of August. You go at every one of them rigs, every doggone day, and catch one or two of them if yeah. you want it. Yeah, you know, I mean, we we used to catch a lot of them. My biggest one I caught was a little over 28 pounds. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> but that was, uh, you know, but we used to catch a lot of them. That was, I mean, you could go and, and not, like I said, not really fishing, fishing for them. Yeah, not really fishing for them. Yeah. You just catch them. Yeah. There. Yeah. What about the sheephead? Were they, were they everywhere back then? Just like they are now. <laughs> just like they are now. <laughs> yeah. I think they're going to. I think with the way these songs are doing with them sheepheads, somebody's gonna put a put a limit on them too. I wish they would. Do you, yeah. What do you think about that? Yeah, they should. they should. Yeah, they should. When you get somebody brings in seven, eight hundred pounds of them. Well, I, you know, I like it just because you can tell your your client you got your limit. Yeah. Because they get satisfied. All right, right, I got my limit. We did it. Yeah. <laughs> you well, know what I mean? Well, if you just said there's no limit, then it's like. Fill up the truck. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess there's no limit. I guess we can, yeah. just, you know, catch as many as and we want. And that's where a lot of. Now, what but is, what but if, you, if you set a limit, any kind of limit, it's just, right. it's satisfaction. You got yeah. your limit. You, know you what see, mean? that's like, when I was coming up, like I said, told you there was no limit. Right. I never thought there would be a limit on speckled trout. Never thought there would be a limit on redfish. Never thought there would, you know, none of that. Snapper, you could go out there and catch snapper until you got tired of catching them, you know. <laughs> never thought there'd be a limit on them. Do you, you feel know? like the big, the the size of the snapper has grown? Like there's more oh, big yeah. snappers? Yeah, yeah. You do? Oh, yeah, because you I had. I wonder what that is. I wonder well, what you that had, is. So, uh, I, I'm, you know, I think you had so many more commercial boats back then. Than you do now, and uh, you had so many people, man, targeting them so much. So many of these, so, so many of these, these charter boats, these head boats, and all that stuff that was targeting them. So you think that the way that they're managing them has a uh, 
has helped. Oh yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got his dog here. What's your dog's name? Rue. Rue. <laughs> cool dog. Yeah. Yep. Well, we're coming right up here on an hour, man. This this has been. Oh, somebody had told me that you caught a snook down here before. Yep. You ca- how many? Southwest pass. Southwest pass. You caught a snook. Twenty-seven pounds, almost twenty-eight pounds. Twenty-seven pounds or something. It, it, the only thing that gets me about that, I had. I think I had every every biologist from uh, South Florida to South Texas calling me up about that fish. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. <laughs> And I had this one biologist from Ellis kept on, kept on, kept on. She said, "Look, we want to study this thing. She said, you know, we go, we we go want to do this and that, and and you know, give us a fish and we'll we'll get it back to you." I said, "Cause I want to get, I want to get him out. You wanted him mounted? Yeah, I wanted to get him mounted. You know. <laughs> so I said, "You got a problem? I want my fish back." So okay, so I give him the fish. Long story short, I never got my fish back. <laughs> yep. I would have guessed that if you would have caught him anywhere. I didn't know where you caught him, but I would have guessed it would have been right there. Just because that place to me is like if anything wants to go from the west side of the Gulf to the east side of the Gulf, it, they got to go right there. You know, there, I said you know? it one time years ago, and I don't fish it as much as I used to for the simple reason that all that, all that pumping that, that shoreline in and all that stuff. So many doggone sandbars and stuff like that. On, but that's I always said, if a songgun was to give me, it's okay. You got one mile, one square mile that you can fish, fish anywhere. You know, down here. What would you want? Southwest Pass. Southwest Pass. Yep. Right yeah. there. Yep. You can catch pretty much anything. That's right. And you pretty much catch them most of the time. Uh, you know, I mean. <laughs> you always catch something down there, it yeah. seems like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even on the deadest of days. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I just, man, I got so, I, I just hate making that big, long run. It is a long there. run. Yeah. <laughs> and then with the gas prices. <laughs> Ooh, man. They high, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Definitely is. What's some uh? What's uh? What, what about what about the flounder fishing? Has it changed a lot? Or yeah, it has, and it ain't for good. I told I tell you what. Uh, this past fall, uh, I seen more little flounders than I think I've ever seen in my life. Um, uh, we was fishing to jump, mm-hmm. you know, for trout and stuff, and it wasn't just me. I mean, I could look at other boats and all and Everybody's catching a ton of little flounders like this. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, but I'm saying three, maybe four years ago, I went. I think the whole year, I think I caught six, six flounder. That was it. And Kevin Frelich, you know, I was talking to Kevin. I mean, uh, Kent Frelich. Over at the bait shop, I was talking to him, and we was talking about that. And I says, "Are you catching any flounder? Because you know they trawl and you know they got that bait boat and all that." He says, "Said Mr. Ronnie, he says I'm gonna tell you. He says I bet you I hadn't caught ten flounder the whole year. He said you know how many you know how many miles of bottom I've dragged, and 
but they have made somewhat of a comeback because, I mean, I couldn't hardly catch it. And the edges this past fall has a bunch of little ones. Been catching a lot of little ones there lately. You know, I say a lot, you know. Yeah, a few here yeah, and there. A few here and there and all, you know. But Yeah, I wonder what that – I know they, they, they said that they're going to put a season on this year. They're supposed they to. They need to. They need to. They need to do that in October like they said they were going to do. They need yeah. to. I, you know, I wonder if it's so much a, a temperature thing. I don't know. I, don't know I think it. maybe if the water is getting warmer for certain fish, it's better. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like, I mean, we've seen a lot of triple tail this year. We've seen a lot of, uh, like, I feel like in the past few years, I don't, like I, like I said, I haven't been doing this for nearly as long as you. But this is kind of my theory. I don't know. Guys don't take this as like a, this is not factual. This is just kind of what I think. But if you have warmer water temperatures because our earth is getting warmer, then that would be good for some species of fish, oh, like sure. pelagics, cobias, yeah, more sure. your pelagic species. But, like, if the flounder, that could really hurt them if they can't yeah. – if it gets too hot for them and they can't get where it's cooler or whatever, you know. But yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the, I don't know what it is with the with the flounder. It it something going on with them though, because the yeah. biologists are even catching up to yeah. it. Seems like like I said, you know, I, 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 I like I said, it was about three at the most four years ago, and you couldn't hardly catch one. But at least this past fall, there was a lot of little ones, and uh, everybody there that earlier this this spring, you know, this spring they 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 caught a mm. fair amount of flounder. And, and lately, they uh like a, well, like you know, you know, it's just catching little ones now. Yeah, you know, you know, it's something I've been thinking about a lot lately. Is a lot of the redfish that we've been catching lately. I haven't, I haven't had any throwbacks in like no. quite a while. Well, it's kind of scary, you know. Yeah. Sometimes, but sometimes you can't get away from them. Right. You know what I mean? I hadn't seen that. I hadn't seen that in a while. I hadn't seen that little. 12, 13, 14 inch redfish. Yeah, when you catch, you can't get away from them. Yeah, I haven't seen none. I really haven't. I really haven't. I, I haven't. Think any. Uh, but one you know, of my there's guys, been times where you like. I mean, I can remember. Times oh, you catch a hundred of them. Yeah, for months. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I had one of my guys day before yesterday caught one that was probably about five inches long. <laughs> <laughs> but I had like. Just like you said, them 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 little ones, you know, them little ten, twelve, you mm -hmm. know, fourteen inch ones. Yeah, I can't tell you when was last time I, I seen mean, any. All the reds I yeah. caught today were between twenty four and twenty six inches. I mean, there was some big ones, yeah. you know. And I like catching them. My customers like catching them, but you also, whenever you see the little ones, you like to see them, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, you. It gives you a little confidence that you're going to have something there when you come back. Yeah. 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 Uh, it don't take them some of them, them little 13, 14 inches long to to get up to 16, you know? Yeah. There ain't no doubt about that. So. No doubt about that. But, uh, yeah, man, I ain't going to keep you too much longer. Is there anything else you want to talk about or say or anybody you want to mention? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not really. Not really. I got you. Well, w w one thing I always ask people at the end of the podcast is what – I know we've talked a lot about a lot of things, but what more do you think we can do, like, as guides? Because we're speaking a lot about guides and stuff. Like, what more do you think we can do to, like, make sure that the fishery isn't going to get any worse than what it is or make it better maybe even? I don't know, man. Try and, you know, just – I mean, I know you've said a couple times in this podcast that it's – 
you know, too little, too late. And, yeah. you know, that's one way to look at it, I guess. But you think there's anything like if, you know, I mean, we have helped in the sense we told everybody to start releasing bull reds, and now we got a lot of bull yeah. reds, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it, it's hard to get anybody to see how to do the things right, you know, as far as, like I said, at least releasing the bull reds. Uh, it's hard to get everybody to agree. Exactly. To, to agree to do anything, you know. Yeah. I don't care what it is. And uh, until you have that, yeah. you know, where you can where you can go to the wildlife and fish and says, okay, this is this is like this. You know, we need to do something about this. No. You know, and until you're able to do something like that, you know, yeah. What do you think about the speckled trout limit? Do you think it should go down? Yes. Stay the same. You think yes. it should go down? You do? Yeah. I, I, you know, it's the only place in the country you can go catch, <laughs> catch, catch, catch 25 a person, yeah. You know, yeah, again, like you was talking about the limits, man, you know, 15. Every every place else is anywhere. I, I don't think most of them is like five. Yeah, most of them is like five, but Mississippi's 15 still, yeah. I think. Well, that wouldn't be bad. That yeah. wouldn't be bad. No, that, 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 that would be a good thing, and, and, and you know, and, and – with the guides, a lot don't. of guides wouldn't like that. You know, no. a lot of guides wouldn't like you saying that. <laughs> well, I mean, you see it writing on the wall. Yeah, it, it, but you know, I think what's really cool is that the people, just like you just said, that we should lower the limits. Like the people that have been doing it the longest and have killed the most, they really see the 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 positive impact that you oh, can yeah, have from doing that. It's kind of it's stuff. until you you've seen all the. The changes that I have, it, it, you wouldn't. But you wouldn't be. How many people? You know, I used to be able to go and catch, and I have done it. Catch a thousand pounds of speckled trout on a rod and reel in a day. That's crazy. I've done that many, many times. What's the most you ever caught? You told me one day on the dock. Uh, I, I had ten days straight. I caught uh, in in ten days. I caught eleven thousand pounds with a rod and reel. 11,000 pounds. Yes. Wow. Yep. With a rod and reel. That's not small fish. You can't catch 1,000 <laughs> pounds of small fish in a day. You got to have some big, big trout yeah. to catch that. But fish. you can't. If you try to do that nowadays, you'd starve. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and another thing, too, the gods need to not keep their limits. Yeah. Their own limit. In other words, if you got, anymore. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I, uh, in other words, if you it's got, it's not legal. It's what? really not. They, you know, they, it's kind of a loophole. But like, if you do like keep your limit, the god is supposed to bring them home for him. Yeah. That's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. You but know? it's uh It is a loophole. Well, they used to. They, see, they used to at at one time. They threw up a check station. Oh, and, and they? oh, years ago. Oh, yeah, until. They got somebody, you know, mad. They quit doing it. But it, every now and then they would show up check station and and check people, hmm. you know. But you know that's that's one of the main things. Do you realize the amount of guides and at five redfish and how many they bring in each day? How many they bring in in a month? Right. You know, if they would just turn them back loose. 
I agree. You know, in the words of wisdom, everybody, Ronnie Grande says, "All gods release your limits," and I agree. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I don't. Yeah. I don't keep my limit at all. No, I, I don't. I don't. I don't. It's so cool to hear that. You know, I I think that our limits should be set that makes sense. Like, you know, there's certain limits that are out there, like three tuners per person. Or, you know, 25 speckled trout, 10 mangroves. A lot of these limits that I'm naming off are sheephead, no limit. Like, a lot of, why are, you know, like, the fishermen, the recreational fishermen are here telling us, like, why don't we have limits that are, make sense? Limits that don't allow you to catch more than you need. Exactly. You know what I mean? Louisiana is the only one like that. Like I was, like we were saying, where else do you go? on the dock and somebody pulls up with a van with ice chests on top of ice chests because they're going fishing. Right, right. You know. And they would still come here even if they couldn't catch that many because where are you going to go and catch this amount of fish? You can't. You can't. You know what I mean? There's There's no no way. There's still so much to do here. Yeah, like, you know, I think that this is what happens every time because, like, the guys over in, like, uh, Florida and, you know, on the panhandle and stuff, they used to talk about all the people coming with their coolers and then – those people stop coming. It's true. Those people that used, you know, they got used to coming down here. and they, But there's always going to be a need for people to come in the outdoors and fish. Yeah. There's always going to be people. There's there's fly fishing guides that never keep anything, and they're booked all the time. So yeah. right. <laughs> there's always a way that you can, you know, figure out a way. That, there's always going to be somebody that sees it worth it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. If you see it as worth it as a guide, then they will see it yeah. as worth it. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Ronnie. Anything else? I can't think of that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ronnie. Well, hey, man, I really appreciate you coming on the show today, man. It was really cool. Uh, maybe we can do it again sometime, man. Yes, yeah, A lot of wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good one, guys. All right. Oh, enjoy that uh, that bottle of yellowfin vodka I got for you and your wife. <laughs> Go Will. Thanks for listening, everybody. Please give us a follow on Facebook or Instagram at Tunatown Talks. Also, if you'd like to book a charter with me, you can do so by visiting our website at mgfishing.com. That's Mexican Gulf website, where you'll find my online booking calendar with all my open dates. And remember, guys, always be safe while out on the water. Man.